The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we are back. If you have ever heard me filling for Neville, you know that is my favorite thing to say. When he here and I in studio with him and he said that, I'd be like, oh, he steal my sin. But no, and we're back. It's the second hour of Analyze This on 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And I am Summer Sibley Brown, filling in for Neville James, if you are just joining us. We are wrapping up a first hour mashup conversation between director Stephanie Shalana Brown and Emanuela Perez Cassias and myself about fueling youth reading as leaders in training and what we were up to and talking about culture and effectuation and how we, you know, imagine or emancipate, how we live emancipation now. Ms. Perez Cassias has to leave us. I do. So I want to give you an opportunity to wrap up just, you know, what would you like people to remember about fueling youth reading is leaders in training fires lit and where can they look up for more information about the work that you all are doing so thank you for giving me an opportunity to plug but i want to really take my last i'll talk about fires lit but i want to take my last minute to talk about the libraries and so there's a group of us here right now that's trying to figure out how do we get st Croix libraries back up running and active similar to what's happening in St. Thomas. The St. Thomas and John District of Friends of Library is active and we want to do the same thing over here. So I'm asking anyone who's ever participated in anything with the libraries or understand how it goes or goes all the way back to Mr. Williams and the work that he did to please contact me 340-201-5068 or email me at ladyleaders1 at gmail.com because this is something that's important to us and we know we have to get organized around it. But we still have to connect that past of what was happening because I personally wasn't a part of the library movements before, but I'm very interested in doing that going forward. Could you give out the phone number one more time? 340-201-5068. Call me, send me an email, and please help me to start the, the work on connecting because we do have people that want to do it, but we don't think that this should be someplace we start from the beginning. We know that there was an active movement here at one point, and we just want to get it re-energized. All right, that's for the Friends of Library, and you're wrapping up Fire is Lit? Fire is Lit. <laughs> we are online at fireislit.com. We are always doing registrations. We're finishing up our first season, our first six-week sessions coming up at the end of April. I hope to be able to celebrate that with the parents and the eighth graders of Pro B. Larson and the first graders. Other than that, you can look for me again at Lady Leaders number one at gmail.com send me an email we're always interested in partnering and always looking for funding to continue to stretch this work well i want to say thank you emmanuela for being a lady who is leading um <laughs> it is vi history month and it is also women's yeah. history month you know um there are there are heroes who get promulgated they get pushed forward because their work is large and big and then there's also sheroes who just live in everyday life Indians, and, that's and doing the thing like being a mother being a teacher being an auntie being a cousin being a friend and doing doing the work i see you working on both levels both the high and the ground level yes. so happy women's month happy Thank very history you. month 
thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for your work with our public schools. Thank you with your work with our housing communities. Absolutely. You know, thank you for being a mother for the children that you have raised who are going to come back and contribute yeah. and effectuate our culture. <laughs> and um, have a great day. You have a wonderful day too, Ms. Oh, Brown. It's have to be your energy. Hey, it's always. always. Up to and thank you for the good thought process this morning. I always love learning something new. Director Brown, now we'll have a straight conversation that is focused I'm on... I'm going to miss, my miss Cassia's presence now. You know, she's, she, is, she is a good vibe. I have to say, consistently a good vibe. Um, high energy and filled with smiles and laughter. So, what I would love to turn to right now is the focus on... You talked about some of the activities, so let me just ground people back in. We had a mashup conversation about literacy and culture early... But one of the reasons why I invited Director Brown was to talk about the Division of Cultural Ed's work um, and any upcoming activities or events that her division is forwarding for VI History Month that she feels like the community should know about. And so I think we could, sh we could have a straight conversation now about those things. So please. Okay, so we did pre-Virgin Islands history events already, um, specifically targeting teachers. Um, so as I stated earlier in the show, uh, we did um, a historical um, walk in both our um, districts um, so that teachers could have a better understanding of our built heritage, correct? But also we engaged with the 10 sleepless nights who um, came to the St. Croix Educational Complex Auditorium during professional development um, day um, earlier in Febu February. And we are engaging in trying to tell the legacy and the evolution rather of Quell Bay music, how it started. Um, Dr. Larson, who we know work at the, the Virgin Islands Department of Education, but is also one of the longtime members of the 10 Sleepless Nights. So they didn't just play, they came with a presentation. They, um, as we talked about our oral traditions, um, the, it's in our songs, he explained. And so a lot of our Quell Bay songs that we listen today are um, um, kind of loosely based on Cariso and the songs that enslaved persons would sing in the field and also on contemporary issues that occurred um, and the song is telling them ab about um, what had happened. Um, so he spoke about the evolution of that. He also talked about the um, evolution of um, uh, quadrille dancing and that there's so many formations um, and also we got it, from the group a presentation on uh, mask, old time traditional masquerading. Um, they, so it, the 10 Sleepless Nights is a built institution with many different moving parts. And so they gave an excellent presentation to our teachers. And along with that, the division purchased um, books from Bradley Christian and it's called um, Quadrille, the official dance of the Virgin Islands of the United States. And he came and he talked about the book. Um, in the book, um, he talks about Madras and he talks about the many balls that the St. Croix Heritage Dancers, which he founded, um, had. Um, and again, the formations, because not only is Bradley a master head tire, um, he is the one of the original, um, I would say, um, 
influencers of Madras and also the act of us having a um, Madras um, synonymous to the Virgin Islands was because of his many efforts. Um, so uh, we already kicked off um, events so that we could get prepared for Virgin Islands History Month. So right now we're distributing the book um, to all of the schools within um, our districts. So I wanted to go back because you talked about, like you said, this is pre-VI History Month celebration activities that were focused on educators, Mm -hmm. people in the classroom, like you said, who have the responsibility of engaging our children to make them responsive. Mm -hmm. If you're just joining, that was our one conversation where we talked about the responsiveness of our students. And so when we think about culture, people often do think about what is most visible, right? And the two pieces that you talked about, um, while built culture is tangible and you could touch a building, so our built environment, again, is a tapping on a structure. Anything we make, built and a built environment could also include things like furnishings, like how we furnish a home, Mm -hmm. right? The tangible items of our culture that our ancestors made. Um, And then... You know, you went into the music and dance, which is interesting because it's something that could be felt yes. in your body. Yes. It's something that you can execute. And so we often think of, you know, culture as outside artifacts. Um, but in this case, we're talking about a tangible item. And then we're talking about movement, um, movement and music as a part of a celebration of culture, mm-hmm. um, which I think we know, but we don't name. Yeah. Right? Because you can embody quadrille dance. You can move it. Yes. And that's like when I was growing up, going to quadrilles um, in St. Patrick's, I loved it because everybody put their own style or if I want to be modern and there's young people listening, stank on it, right? Like they did their <laughs> own they did their own yeah, thing. Like yeah, you had did. your own groove mm-hmm. to it. Um, so while you're talking about all these formations, I just had the visual of how beautiful it is to like be in St. Jared's Hall, to hear Stanley, smell fried chicken, have Johnny cake, got potato salad and sauce, right? Like the cultural foods that we wanted to engage in. And then all these people just dancing, but everybody got their own little, the little feeling, yes. you know, that they bring from the jig into the formation. Mm-hmm. And it was truly just like that's almost an amazing thing to be able to see mm-hmm. and to now hear our teachers preparing hopefully hopefully it brought up memories for them like it did for me yes because that's that love piece that Emanuela what I felt when I imagined it was love right mm-hmm. to be able to pass that love to a classroom of students who may or may not get it but could get that their teacher is feeling a, a sense of nostalgia excitement uh, and and hopefully that piques interest so well in the book um, it gives um, direct calls and um, so when we provide the book it's also to try to get our teachers to be cultural stewards like I, I would like to launch a campaign like we should all be cultural stewards um, and so uh, we have persons in our every society has griots we have persons that have experienced things in their lives and hold on to our treasured cultural um, identities um, but those persons are are very few are very few and how do we 
all become like people that that are the keepers of the flame like how do our teachers become that um and so the book is to also challenge um teachers but again i know that it's layered for them because uh I guess the identity of teachers has changed over time as well when a person could just be a teacher. And but now within our society, we know uh, cost inflation and so forth. Um, living in a Virgin Islands, a lot of teachers are leaving the classroom and then going to like second jobs. And, and that has changed the dynamics. When I was like a, a younger person, I would be in school and somebody would give their time after school for a quadrille group. Um, that's how I learned quadrille. Um, but now a lot of teachers are, you know, um, going to second jobs and so forth or even teaching after school sometimes. But we were given we're given the books with the hopes that somebody would read it, learn to be a caller, and possibly, you know, start quadrille groups. And again, I would like to say that there are some schools that do have um, a quadrille group, um, but we're always trying to engage more, so. Is there possibilities, and again, no, you know, not to, no commitments, but like possibilities to work with like groups like, you know, Fire is Lit to also use, because she said they connect with arts, to mm -hmm. work with the Division of Cultural Ed or a school directly. Mm -hmm. um, because I know you're on a state level in the office um, doing the coordination pieces and like large themes, but also to make sure that maybe they were doing something like that, like joining quadrille or, or oral storytelling um, with the training for reading? Yeah, we're, that is like the goal of the Division of Cultural Education. It's literally in a cultural standards <clears throat> that we are supposed to be liaisons and in, co in collaboration with our organizations because um, the division cannot be sustained by just the authority of the division and what we say. It's it's a it's just a, a a space where we collectively pull information from cultural stewards, from historians, from anthropologists. So we engage a lot. Um, we're speaking to archivists. We're speaking to local organizations. Just yesterday, we made a visit down into Frederickstead to go see Africa House, and how do we um, propel those other organizations? So we don't. I don't want to be like the epitome but rather it's just the space where we bring other people together and we give information. Um, we, in the past, and I speak to previous persons that work in a division, they made resources and they engaged in conversations. They never dictated to people about culture, but rather brought agencies and people together to give a shared experience. And that is, that's my goal. Um, as well, that I'm providing resources and I'm engaging conversations and activities, but it, it is impossible for us to be a, a, a entity that does that. We engage people rather than we are like, you know, making everything happen. <laughs> so I have a question because I saw on Facebook again, social media has been booming with things. I saw, is there a, like a cultural door challenge or um, I, well, does that come from a division of cultural ed? I felt like it came from... Of course. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw it last night. I was like, okay, this is cool. Tell us about that. 
Yes, thank you for bringing that up. So, um, I mean, it's every teacher's pride. You know, when you step into the classrooms, I just have to really give a big kudos, like in schools, to all our educators, um, and even the students help out a lot. Um, doors are really, like, magnificent. Like, Bef- Listen, I want to, before we even get into that, doors are really set. They're magnificent. I give them the, yep. I'm like, bring it on, because when I worked in a school, the door was like, the door was a thing. Yes, anytime, it is. Anytime we had a Red Ribbon Week, um, uh, and Black History Three. Month, like every, so brilliant. every women's history, VA history, you, you want to anchor your classroom door and your bulletin board. Like, oh my God. For this, I have to shout out Zara O'Reilly, right? Yes. Um, last year's Teacher of the Year. But, her, and Astro Baptiste this year. Yeah, oh my God, but Miss Baptiste is another like door bulletin board will build a whole extra thing outside her classroom for her students to enter into this like transform magnificent haven. Mm-hmm. Like what teachers can do with a roll of paper, tape, glitter, and some cutouts. The innovation is crazy. And so, yeah. Alfredo Andrews as well. I, it's just, it's just. I, I mean, I was a Ricardo Richards door maker. And yes. I just want you to know, I used to go all in on the doors. So when, when you hear there's a door challenge, mm-hmm. parents, when you hear there's a door challenge community, these doors anchor huge themes. Yes. Um, they feature student work, yes. right? Mixed with like the paraprofessionals or the other service providers in the school. And then the teacher, like it's really truly a classroom effort. Mm-hmm. But ha- as an educator, having like the best door, I sorry, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a bit competitive. Yes, like, it is. Yeah, for real. So you <laughs> have a, so when if you saw the door challenge yeah. on social media, I was like, what is this? You don't even understand Stand. the bragging right. rights and the pride that that classroom, that student, those teachers are putting in to like investing in all like all. Yeah. And usually their own funds. <laughs> <laughs> but you investing in making your door well. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about the door challenge. And I'll give you, now I'm going to be quiet about the hype of it. Um, I'm Summer Sibley Brown. This is WTJX 93.1. We will be back. struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. 
The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peters Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. BankofStCroix.com. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we are back. So I we were talking about doors and I got hyped because I was a door maker. I am actually not a wood door maker, but a paper wrapping. Let's get the students involved mm-hmm. and display a theme door maker when I worked in public schools. And so what I'm going to do is turn it over to the director and I'll be quiet with my enthusiasm so she could get through the door challenge and the other activities that she have for the month. Yes. Okay. So um, I know that you were an educator, so you so you get it. So for teachers, I wish I could give a prize just to any teacher, like all the teachers. I wish I had the ability to do so. But we also have to think, thank Vaya because they stepped up and they were like, of course, um, we want to be part of um, not only um, emancipation events um, for for the year, um, but we also want to um, uh, engage the teachers as well uh, for all their hard work. And so in each district, there will be three winners. And um, we're asking teachers to submit a picture of their door or corridor because sometimes they do an entire corridor. Um, and then we're going to put it on um, the Virgin Islands Department of Education social media pages, um, Facebook, and we're, we'll, all, we'll submit them all individually. And uh, uh, we're using the criteria of uh, creative use of materials, direct correlation to the VI liberation themes, and organization and content. And so we're giving them the, the tools to, to, to judge responsibly. And so the public will um, decide um, which ones they like the most. And then we'll determine by the likes um, who won in each district. Again, it's three um, winners in each district. And so they don't get like a first, second, or third. You just three persons. And so via 
stepped up and they're giving my Pfizer away with one year of service. Okay. So it's a big deal. Um, we're extremely happy and that's their commitment to making sure that all persons are having connectivity um, in the Virgin Islands. And um, so that's our um, door and corridor challenge. Now, um, uh, they stepped up once more time because now we have a challenge for students. Okay, tell and me. So the students, they're going to um, have our Built Heritage Challenge. And with our Built Heritage Challenge, we talked about the tangible places again, right, in re-narrating the story about our tongues being, you know, um, both intertwining African and European um, um, the traditions and built heritage. And so we provided through a list with DPNR, um, the Preservation Office, they have a list of all the registered National Historic Spaces. Now, I do want to inform, if you know spaces that are, aren't nationally registered, but you know it's a historical space, that can be it as well. But as like a cheat sheet for the students, we provided the coordinates to all the nationally registered spaces um, to make it uh, um, not so much as a challenge for them. And so um, the persons who also submit or hashtag built heritage so they can submit via email because we know all students at different age ranges don't have um, social media pages. But for the older students who may have social media changes, you can um, social pages. You can also um, put the hashtag via built heritage, and we'll we'll tally the votes from that as well. So we'll have a winner in the district in each district three as well there's no first second or third it's just we're picking the three that persons that submitted the most and these are pictures yeah you you're requiring you to take photos of yourself at the at the site so not just a picture of it but because we want uh, people to claim space and insert themselves in these spaces. And that's helping with the re-narration that these are our tongues that, that we're not affiliated with. They're our tongues. We played a role in building them. And so by inserting yourself into the image is claiming that space. And so, um, so they also via stepped up and they will win a new iPhone or their choice of a Samsung. And one year of service as no, well. I want to enter, I want to enter that. I want yeah. To enter that. I want a new iPhone or a choice of Samsung. No, man, I want to enter that competition. Yes, I think that was um, really super of them to, to do that and, um, you know, free service. And that's how we're living our legacy as well. And we have the tools to tell our stories. So I'm happy for that collaboration. So there, those two activities, it's the for educators just to reiterate, if you are an educator, there's the door or corridor challenge, which there will be three winners in each district. No first, no second, no third, but three winners. It is community-based, like majority. It's there. We're we're selecting the winners by the number of likes received, and they should submit that to you or online. On the on the poster that's circulating um, online and in our internal emails, it has my email address. So you're submitting that to the director of cultural education and now for the students right and that prize from via is myfi with one year of service yeah oh the, the the teachers get a myfi correct um the students get cell phones and then so for students there's a cell phone with one year of service and their challenge is a claiming space challenge basically going to these 
historically registered sites and taking a picture, a selfie, if or having someone take a picture of you at the site, mm-hmm. and then they also submit to you. Yeah, they could submit to me, or they can you you can use VI Built Heritage, and we can tally um, how much times they've oh, done it. So they just have to hashtag VI Built Heritage. Yeah, but we recognize that you know a second grader might not have um, a, a social media page, so they have the option to either you know engage online, or they can send the submission to me um, at my email address, which is on the poster. Um, what I like about those challenges is that they involve doing, um, but and they are. Once you have transportation, well, it's they should be fun, right? They should be mm-hmm. fun. They, I look forward to see the pictures that come up across the month of VA history. Um, so parents, if you're listening, talk to your high schoolers, your junior highs, and even your elementary students and say, hey, have you heard about this challenge and do you want to participate? Yeah. And if it is in your capacity to facilitate it, facilitate it. And it don't just have to be parents. It could be aunties. It could be godmothers. It could be grandparents. It could be cousins, you know, because this is one of the relationship that loop back intergenerational connecting back this is something that we can support our children and our young people in doing Mm -hmm. that gives us quality time with them yes exactly and also we are going to be experiencing that cultural place with them so you know if you're listening be like hmm that's something i could do on a weekend with my niece with my aunt with my daughter Mm -hmm. Um, intergenerational intergenerational and you know to use shalana's word that she used earlier effectuating doing Mm -hmm. um and and there's a lot of fun in doing are there any other activities you guys have yeah we have so that those are the bigger general activities but there's also a number of events so uh, additionally I, I I wanted to step back a little bit because I, I forgot to mention that um, uh, Mr. Olasi Davis who is a known historian environmentalist and preservationist has always been really generous to us um, in the division of cultural education as I said we are a, like an organization that tries to bring in all our cultural stewards right to give the opportunities to our teachers so he did a um, um, a, per, a professional development virtually on maroons. So we're talking about uh, all these spaces since we're talking about built heritage. So he did the maroons and uh, and uh, um, hardships of maroons in the Danish West Indies. And he also talked about his um, preservation of those areas and wanting to narrate them and have us not forget like the, the, the endurance and ingenuity that it took for maroons to live in these hard spaces, but they rather had lived in those hard spaces that endure, you know, subjugation. Um, so those stories are important and he's going to also lead a hike Um, those things are being sent to our teachers already in our internal emails on VIDE there's a number of activities Uh, we talked about the Society of Black Archaeologists already and um, their engagement here they're going to give conversations as well to our teachers we have our collaboration with DPNR Um, we're working with the libraries archives and museums especially their curator Monica Marin and she's going to come into our school system and she's going to do in-person activities about art history the art that virgin islanders have made i think that um, conversation hasn't had we have a lot of persons like we have um uh, mr Pe- uh, picasso who um 
who came out of the Virgin Islands. We don't have a large com- conversations about him, but a lot of his work is inspired from him, like growing up the colors and so forth, growing up here. And so um, there's other persons. We could have a list of persons who came from the Virgin Islands that um, that impacted nationally and internationally the world with their art, but their roots started here. Um, the list goes on. We have coral reef preservation um, initiatives coming into our school system to understand when we're talking about living our legacy of culture, it's intertwined with our environment and our Absolutely. responsibility to um, to preserve our beaches and to understand what's going on with our coral, with the uh, stony coral tissue disease and what we could do better as a, a, a community or make us aware um, about um what our oceans are going through. So there's a number of activities that are happening in person. So, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was like, wow, there is um, a wide breadth of activities, one, that is available for our teachers, students, and, um, you know, community members to support the Department of Education in Across VA History Month. So if there's something you heard that you're interested in, that you have a skill that you want to add to, you know, I would recommend reach out to the Division of Cultural yes. Ed because, you know, from the built environment to, you know, Stanley, um, the Black Archaeologist Society, the art history conversations, making that connection to the Virgin Islands, the corridor challenges, and then school-based sites also coordinate their own in school events right i want to i want to highlight so this this is a robust virgin islands history month um and the categories that you're talking about you just talk stony stony core stony coral stony tissue disease yes stony coral tissue disease first of all i don't even know what that is and drawing the connection that our environment is an important part of our culture because swimming fishing you know beach how we play and how we interact with nature is a part of our identity and who we are um and i guess i missed you know i missed that so when you was like because you that's science that's marine science yes yes yeah that's 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 powerful to understand that a marine scientist is also a cultural preservationist. Yes, yes, they're very much intertwined. I did want to mention, though, I made an error. I said Picasso, and I meant to say Pissarro um, for our art. For art. Pissarro. Yeah, Camille Pissarro. Um, and so I also had the opportunity to see some of his work at Government House, but I just wanted to note that. But yes, all these things are intertwined. At state level, at the um, at the Virgin Islands Department of Education, we have um, English as a second language. Um, we have... Uh, STEM. We have we have a number of um, uh, divisions. Uh, we work because all of us like you know piggyback off of each other, and we are, it's cross sectional. So we're engaging with each other because they all somehow have are relevant to each other. Um, and so me working with DPNI is very important because they are in alignment a lot with. Um, with a lot of things about culture. Um, I think for the most part, when we think about STEM, we don't think about culture being invo- involved. And it's very much, um, you t- you talked about it earlier of 
what we think of Eurocentricism in our education system, but even when we weren't so-called literate in these Eurocentric sort of systems, we were very educated in other things in STEM. <laughs> Correct. Um, and how do we get back to that like responsibility? It's never really left, but and uh, how can we further engage it? Um, and so, you know, science is a very important part of our identity. We live off the land a lot with fish. Um, fishers, how do we engage in those conversations where we don't overfish? Mm. Um, uh, time and place. Um, how are we engaging with our coral? Um, you know, we have in stony coral tissue disease, a lot of persons, and that's directly um, impactful to our economics because that's a large part of our tourism industry where persons are coming here to enjoy our coral reefs, to dive and all those things. And if our coral is infected, like how does that affect not only us um, ecologically, but economically as well? So so what I'm, what I'm hearing from you on a very, very, you know, I mean, you're saying it directly, but it's also very like high level analysis is right, that culture cannot be separated out from our economics from our education but also then from our identity which makes the like the division of cultural ed a really central part in the education process because you know like bats do echolocation right mm -hmm. so they so they echolocate and so it's almost like culture is an echolocation system for yourself inside the larger system to figure out how the virgin islands how how we relate as a virgin islander to the other like, you know what I mean? The other systems. You're so witty. No, because as I know, I have a lot of random things in my brain. No, but, you are so witty. I, but I, it's that, I love that. It's like that relationship, identifying myself in relationship to all the other things. That's why I tell people, me. like, it's not just, uh, like, culture and conversations about culture is in some, some sort of pastime. It's directly linked economically to us, too. Because, I, I mean, there are beautiful destinations all over the world. <clears throat> And people are, and this is not opinion, this is fact-based, study-based. People are traveling to have these, like, cultural experiences, mm -hmm. right? And that's why culture is so important, because if we don't pinpoint the things that give us nuance, that draw also economic um, attention to us, then what what are we having to sell other than beach sand and rum? Because you can and find you beach sand and rum any, any place any, in the Caribbean. Anywhere. And then even you know with the conversations, I'm engaged in a lot of groups and so forth about Trinidad. The Trinidad is also feeling some sort of loss of um, their identity now because. They don't have carnival isn't doesn't belong to them anymore. It's being duplicated, replicated, and even doing better in some other places than there. And so they're like, how do we put back our identity into carnival? So we're going to round out with a break in a few seconds. But what I want to hold on to as we close out the next session is let's talk about the future um, and the theme that you have put out in terms of like living out emancipation. Now, we mentioned Afrofuturism a little bit. So when we come back, I want to talk about a Kalalu framework and what that could do for the future. Um, you're listening to 93.1. I'm Summer Sibley Brown talking to director Stephanie Shalana, Shalana Brown. And we will be back after the break.
I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Democracy Now! features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now! at his new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. Good morning, good morning, good morning. If you are just joining us, we are rounding out the second hour of Analyze This on 93.1. And sorry if you miss Neville today. Yes, he is off island and I am filling in and um, in the privilege of filling in. In this moment, I am speaking to Director Stephanie Shalana Brown. She's a director of the Division of Cultural Education. And we've talked a little bit about identity we've talked a little bit about you know effectuating culture we've talked a little bit about like being an investigation right and just naming where we are and what we see and and really helping people just to be in conversation or analyze like this is what has happened how much do we want to keep move on and then we went into what that means for our students um and what actually is happening in VI History Month based on the division's mandate, which is a corridor challenge, a door and corridor challenge. There is a like I'm claiming space challenge, that's what I'm calling it, where students can teachers can win a MiFi, students can win a cell phone. And then we talked about the plethora of partnerships that she has across the district to include the Black Archaeology archaeological society which would be national and then dpnr working you know just working making sure that connections are being happening and our and our teachers and students have access to opportunities and and information yes and you mentioned the kalalu framework right so i wanted to ask just for 
the listening audience what is that and what is it supposed to do thank you um and so uh it's it's a larger conversation where we're talking about Afrofuturism, that is what a national yore, it's a diasporic um, conversation. And I think the Kalalu framework um, speaks to that. Um, so it started off in um, like two, all the way in two, uh, 2000, um, 2001, <clears throat> at the then commissioner of uh, education and also uh, many persons in our um, culturally responsive persons in our community, even our very own Auntie Janice was on the um, the team, um, and Dr. Chinzira um, worked closely with it, um, Dr. Larson, and that's how it first engaged. It's a, it has a very long story, but I feel like I need to also tell about the beginnings of it. <clears throat> So the, uh, it's adapted loosely on the Alaskan indigenous standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, the Alaskan persons, like many other um, uh, minority groups in, in, um, in American societies, they felt that the, the school system had a very Eurocentric way of teaching their children and they didn't see their Indian indigenous um, identity within the school system and they wanted to bring back their language. They wanted to bring back some of their heritage. <clears throat> And so they adapted these standards to work alongside the school systems. And so um, our Department of Education at the time reached out, asked if they could use some of the basis of the cultural standards based on the work that they have did. And over the years, it's transformed so many times. Um, If I could call names, I don't even want to let persons, um, uh, but it's transformed them and many persons made it better, made it better. And so last year, (coughs) it went um, to the core um, curriculum and instruction um, group, and the group um, made a vote. We we vetted it with teachers, over like 400 teachers. We had virtual sessions. That's when, especially when we were down a lot um, during the height of COVID. <clears throat> We took that time to have virtual conversations. People made good suggestions. They still thought it was rooted in Eurocentricism, some person said, and we didn't. We had a lot of conversations about even how do we bring in like the African diaspora into it. But then there was also in, um, um, arguments about not Virgin Islanders doesn't always automatically mean black. Mm. Because, I mean, the majority of persons are virginized, but there's all these other spectrums of what makes a virgin islander. And so all of these conversations, and so we, we try to also be rooted in, in a diasporic, but also to, be, to recognize that we're, 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 we're inclusive of all different sort of cultures as well that um, are now... In, um, intertwined with Virgin Islands and, and we and I guess our legacy is like that anyway Virgin Islanders as we spoke, spoke about earlier and so um, we have the cultural standards as they stand right now and you know the Virgin Islands Department of Education is the largest department within the Virgin Islands it's very large and so we're doing the work so we're going to schools we're having virtual conversations um, with teachers and all this while they're also engaging with other um, divisions 
um, to make sure that our our teachers are empowered. So it's going to take a while. Um, and we're going through the standards. How can you use it? And it's not, people think it's about social studies. It's, it's, it's identity in every subject level, identity in every grade level. So social studies has, a, has standards that are similar, but it's directly for social studies. The cultural standards are, is for every subject level. You can see your identity in math. It's experiential. How are students learning timetables? Can we use things in our environment to teach timetables um, in math, in uh, algebra and so forth? Can we use issues with um, formulas of things that are literally happening in our environment and how we use math to, to combat those those things and make resolutions with it. So those are how we use um, cultural standards in STEM. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's inclusive of all subject levels. So for the listening audience, I'll give an example. Um, when I was at Ricardo Richards um, in science and I wanted to teach drag and drift, um, I actually taught the students drag and drift at the beach, right? So we ran on the concrete, right? Which when you're running, what is giving you resistance is wind. Mm -hmm. They ran in the sun, and then they ran in the ocean, right? And which of these things created more force or more resistance on your body to begin to understand when we talk about drag and drift in, in velocity? Yeah what that actually impacted. So we used we used what we had in our environment, which was Cremus Park. We went to Cremus Park. You know, we had a fun day. Parents were there. But the reason for being there was for them to experience what would affect the speed of their body if they were running on a flat surface, if they were running in sand, or if they were running in the water to kind of... It's very culturally responsive. Yeah, and so because a lot of times when we talk about cultural responsive education, I think... It may be misnomered or lost, right? That, oh, we just want to teach about culture. Mm -hmm. But culturally responsive education, to what I heard you say, is centering, centering the things we have and who we are as the basis for building the other, other educational standards. So, you know, sometimes when they're tangibles that you teach children math with, mm -hmm. Instead of using the marbles, oh, well, marbles is something that we would play. Yeah. With, you know what I mean? But you would use something that came from our environment. environment. Yeah, right? as simple like as that. Like dried tamarind seeds, mm -hmm. right? Because they are identifying that this is a tamarind seed and we don't eat tamarind, mm -hmm. but I can also use it to count one, two, three, right? It's, it's when we're talking about gravity, you know, we don't. Yes, we were, ta you know, the apple fell from the tree, but in our environment, it would be a mango or a sour sap or a yeah, sugar, uh, apple. sugar apple. So yeah. even though you tell the story about gravity, right, and mm -hmm. like the light bulb that went off and oh, the apple fell from the tree, that means something else here exists, right? Like them experiencing it in the context of their own. So Washington State had apples. What does the Virgin Islands have, have that would fall from a tree if the person lived here and the student connected, oh, well, maybe I write mango. Like, 
And that's what we engage um, teachers in because they come in and are like, I teach science. Like, how am I going for culture in science? You know what I mean? And, and, and then there's also teachers that get it. They were like, I've been doing that all the time. So there's, do we also have to give kudos to very culturally responsive teachers that already do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but on every level, we want all teachers to have that same experiences and we want children to have the same experiences. We don't want one school to have to have more culturally responsive teachers than another school. And so we're trying to even the, the plateau and make sure that everybody, but it's going to take time. It's a very large uh, institution. Um, and we're doing in-person. We're going to classrooms. Sometimes we try to have virtual, but I, I'm, everybody wants to get back to normal and have engageful, like, in-person um, conversations. And it takes time because um, we're not the only division trying to, you know, provide mm-hmm. professional development to, to teachers. So we don't also want to overwhelm them. <laughs> no, um, it could, I could imagine it could be overwhelming yes. with, you know, having a classroom full of students, all the mandates, um, all the the responsibilities. I remember being in a school and the joy of being in a school. And also, you know, there are days where it's just really difficult because there's a lot happening and students are humans and so are teachers, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, you know, you could have a student who comes in who's really sick for the day and throws off everything, right? There is this, a teacher is managing the emotions, the weather of their classroom Mm -hmm. day to day to day because you got 20 to 24 other humans that could walk in that room in any state. Yes. That is also their job to attend to Mm -hmm. as well as all these wonderful professional development things. So we're getting ready to close out. It's been that amount of time already? It's been that amount of time. Do you mean that? that, Does that mean that you like talking to me? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to run with that. Um, hopefully the audience like listening to us. But what I would like you to do is to take a moment. And if there was one thing, and of course, it's going to be a layered question, so it may not be one thing. <laughs> if there was something um, that you would like to encourage us as a community to do to support students or the division or the Department of Education, specifically during VA History Month, what what would that be? What what could we do to help forward the work that the division and the teachers and the students are partaking in? Take part in our challenges, especially the students. Um, experiential learning is very important. Um, taking part in re-narrating re- and again those national conversations about Afrofuturism, like these are the things that happen when you reach these spaces but how do you see yourself in the virgin islands in the future like that's we're trying to connect them to the past so we can see how we're going to move forward so that's why the built heritage um challenge is so important like look at the beauty of the things that were built from hands that look like yours Mm. you have the power to build another virgin islands the way you want to see it equitable inclusive um and this is what happened in the past and how are you going to make a just future Hmm. that's a beautiful 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 statement and so i want to echo just really quickly tell people your email address so teachers or people who know teachers who want to encourage them to participate give them your email address so they know where they're sending the corridors to yes Okay, so it's Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H, 
P-H-A-N-I-E dot C as in Shalana, C as in cat. Very important to put the C, um, Brown, B-R-O-W-N at V-I-D-E dot V-I. Again, Stephanie Brown, Stephanie dot C Brown at V-I-D-E dot V-I. Thank you. Stephanie dot C Brown at V-I-D-E dot V-I. So if you know a teacher, please encourage teachers to participate. Please encourage students to participate. Um, and start thinking about what it is you want for your future. It has been a lovely, 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 lovely Friday. We had Emanuela Perez on um, talking about Fire is Lit. We had Director Brown on talking about everything that we have done and for pre-VI history and now the VI history implementation and sharing with us the Kalalu framework that is, you know, about having culturally responsive education that centers who we are. Gratefully appreciate them. I want to remind you, there is a ribbon cutting March 7th. That's Wang JFL North. You can watch it online, Government House's webpage. And on the 10th, 11th, and 12th, there will be an open house. So if you're interested in seeing what the hospital looks like, it's open to the public. It's 4 to 7 um, one day, the 4 to 7 on the 10th, and 1 to 5 on the 11th and the 12th. So just really, if that was something you were interested in doing, I was here. Deborah Howell said Rotary, Rotary was Rotary District 7020, May, 400, 300 to 400 people coming to the island of St. Croix. And so they were looking for um, community partners, supporters, businesses. You know, they said she said they're taking over the town of Christianstead. They'll be here for six days. So I just need you to participate Think about it. Get ready for it. There's a lot of great things happening in the Virgin Islands, right? There's a lot of great things to do. Please continue to do your part and participate, right? Um, I'm not going to be here next week, so I'm just going to say my happy Women's Month. I also wanted to mention um, Senator Donna Fred Gregory. Let me pull up my Facebook page. She has an event on March 8th honoring women um, across the territory. Great Virgin Islands women. It is not just via History Month, but it is also Women's History Month. So there's a, a flyer on social media that's telling you more about the event. Please, if you can, support, shout out, share. Um, I am grateful that I am a woman and I am grateful to all of the women who have helped me become the woman I am. Looking forward to help others become great women too. Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Friday. I am Summer Sibley Brown filling in for Neville James. And this was Analyze This 93.1, your NPR station in the VI. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. 
Ability Radio is a program brought to you by the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands to promote a more inclusive Virgin Islands. Ability Radio brings you information on healthcare, art, culture, education, and current affairs, where we engage in lively discussions with guests locally and abroad. Join us every Saturday morning at 11.30 a.m. on WTJX-FM, 